This is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Diggs. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com Welcome. Today I am delighted to have on Laurel Langmire. She is an American financial expert, entrepreneur, self-help author, and CEO and founder of Live Out Loud. She is a five-time New York Times and Wall Street best-selling author and is known for her books, The Millionaire Maker, The Millionaire Maker's Guide to Wealth Cycle Investing, Put More Cash in Your Pocket, Yes Energy, and The Million Maker's Guide to Creating a Cash Machine for Life. She's also properly known to been on the popular self-help movie, uh, The Secret. So I'm delighted to have her on. Laurel, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here, Callan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. As I always say, as long as I wake up, it's a good day for me. So um, to, to go right into it, everyone's, everyone's kind of bio, biography and story could be like dozens and dozens of books. But if you could abbreviate it, if you could quantify it, how did Laurel get started and how did she find her way to success? Well, that's such a big question. I always love we start with that one. So um, determined to not live the way I grew up. So I grew up on a farm in Nebraska with no money. And no conversation about money. Um, at 17 was probably a real defining moment. Uh, Dennis Waitley gave me the book Think and Grow Rich, and um, studied that. And then I really, you know, went, was going to school to be a lawyer and changed it all to finance and business, and started really studying. I went, I did free internships to paid internships for banks and investment banks, financial houses to see where do the wealthy people invest. And what I found is that none of them invested in the stock market. They create the market by creating the companies and taking them public and invest privately. Um, it's exactly what Gates and Buffett did. They started their own companies and then took them public. So we don't necessarily take a lot of companies public. But I'm a part owner of 92 of them. And I own a lot of private companies um, because that's where the money is. And um, got really, really intentional about it. So I started my first business at 17 as well. I didn't get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was doing personal training and aerobics instruction. By the time I was in my young 20s, I was... Um, you know, making about a half a million bucks doing personal training. And then I went into building fitness centers. So I was kind of the specialty area of business. And I would uh, do the business side of the fitness centers and the insurance and why, you know, unhealthy people cost companies money. Um, got a multi-million dollar contract at the age of 24 um, with a large oil company. And um, did that for f- about four or five years. And then the probably the biggest thing to take action moment, Callan, was in 1996 when I met Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter. And that was a change of the whole trajectory of my life. And I think for the listeners, the biggest lesson is, you know, follow your gut. You know, when you're supposed to be, you know, um, when you're supposed to be, you know, doing one thing and you really have a heart and soul for another, mm-hmm. um, you can't, you know, you just, you got to follow it. I um, so I just, I mean, I quit a quarter million dollar job, you know, or contract, you know, at that point with Chevron because the whole role had changed. And I just went for it. And, you know, I was making all this money, big corporate security. And I'll never forget, you know, the people around me. And I think that's the other lesson for the folks listening is, uh, you know, are they really your friends around you? Or are they people trying to keep you the same? I agree. And, I agree. Oh, it's so, so bad. Yeah. Huh? Let's go into that. Uh, 
number uh but first first and foremost definitely rec- def- definitely a fan of Robert Kiyosaki's uh, books and definitely recommend that I didn't know y'all two were connected so that's that's good to know I love his books um let's let and that kind of goes into you know all what you just talked about it kind of comes to that point of just taking action talk about the importance of that obviously uh you, you know you have a lot of experience and you know the importance of that and you've and you've worked with a lot of people so so perhaps you could you could qualify that and really really get deep into it to make it um uh, uh, or succinct for people absolutely so again take is, I mean, a lot of it is following your your gut, your mentors. Um, I've never not had a mentor since I was 17. I think it's a huge mistake if people want to be successful, they need to follow successful people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do a lot of mentoring and, you know, guiding uh, lots and lots of folks. Um, <clears throat> so the, the take action, I think, is critical. I, I coined a word through the Millionaire Maker book and a lot of my books called sequencing. When you do action, you're doing it at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are in action. Like I had a client the other day say, well, how much more time is this mentoring going to take? I said, more time is going to take you less time because you're already using your time. It's just ineffective. It's busy. You're actually wasting time because I equate time to your checkbook. So how you spend your time, how you spend, you know, how you, you know, I would say, you know, if I look at your checkbook and your calendar, I'll know what's important to you. And most people <laughs> are just busy running around doing crazy work. And what they're doing, they don't know how to correlate it to the checkbook because they're not trained to do that. They're just trained to be occupational. Go get a job, be busy for nine hours. And then, you know, obviously that correlates to some checkbook. But I'm talking entrepreneurially. I have so many entrepreneurs who are stuck and they're in action. They're just doing the wrong thing. It's so critical to get the right sequence. And that's really why the millionaire maker in my work is so different than others. It's about you know, assessing where you are and given where you are, what do you need to do now to have the most result? And you know, a place, Callan, that just especially with the economy just rocking right now, mm-hmm. and it's so wow. good. Presidential elections kind of, you know, tangling a lot up, but yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting is how many people are sitting on cash. I call it lazy assets and not investing. Mm, that's right. And they're just so busy being busy. And here, if we actually like my fastest millionaire recently was under four months and he had about just over half a million of very lazy assets and reallocated to proper assets like gas and oil franchises, you know, some real estate projects, some debt instruments, some things that a lot of people don't know about. Um, He was a net worth millionaire just reallocating his money in less than four months. That's how powerful my like what I talk about is. It's so critical that you do the right thing and be in action, but be guided in action. Right. Don't just right. wander around busy. And that's what I think most people do is wander around busy. Right. So yeah, I, th- I think I like the way you put that. It's sort of kind of like a a staircase in a way. It's like obviously taking no action is awful. And if you are taking action but not the right action, well, you're making a lot of mistakes and you know you're going to have a lot of stress, but there can there can be some lessons found in that. But then taking the right action is the best and that's going to uh that's going to that's going to uh, accelerate your progress uh much more faster you talk about perfection is poverty uh, uh elaborate on that if you would oh i do I, I pick on a lot of people about this one because i think too many people are working towards like they're working on their webinar they're working on their book they're working on getting their home office set up or whatever they're doing but they're trying to get that piece of it perfect and those pieces don't make money just because you have a book doesn't mean you're making any money mm-hmm. just because you have a webinar or you have a seminar or you have a jewelry piece of you know jewelry making machine or whatever you have if you're not marketing and selling it you're not making any money and so i find too many people are stuck also because they're stuck in the perfection 
uh, you know, the, the perfection zone of thinking is perfect. And the truth is, I mean, Jim Collins wrote it from Stanford and good to great. And then he, he trumped that with a new book called good enough, mm. which is when it's 80% launch the damn thing, mm-hmm. because if people buy it, you can always perfect it with money. But you, if you keep perfecting, you're going to go into poverty. You're not going to have any money because no one's buying what you have at 100% of what you think is 100%. And the only way you know 100% is right and perfect is if the market's buying it. Mm-hmm. Agree. And, right? If the market's not buying it, nobody wants it. Right. So give, like switch fast. And that's the other kind of action around perfection and kind of the right thing, you know, do the right thing at the right time is if you don't have a sale on anything. You know, I raise a lot of capital. I raise, you know, about a million dollars a month for gas and oil and some different uh, projects that I'm doing. I'm raising money right now for a music store, a Broadway play, some cool stuff. But I won't raise any money unless the first like ticket sold or the first thing is sold, the first piece of jewelry sold, the first you know instrument sold. If sales aren't happening, it's just an interesting entrepreneurial idea. And I find like I could put this at the 99% of you know mistakes entrepreneurs make is, well, I want to write my book or I want to get this lotion and potion out and I want to get this thing, whatever the thing is, because the product or service, I don't care. But if the market's not buying it, stop doing it. You know, that's a massive mistake. People go and they hide in their little hole for six months creating something magical. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, Willie, is it magical? Did anybody pay you to do it? Well, no, but I know it's a good idea. How do you said, how do you know it's a good idea? How many people have you asked? That's called mark, you know, <laughs> that's called target your market and market research. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I just think it's a really good idea. And it's how much money have you spent on this crap? Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I'm part of, I kind of intense about it because it's just, it's heartbreaking to watch people go broke working on stuff nobody's asked and nobody's paid them to do. Yeah. And it's really pivotal in my work, how I switch, how money's made. I want you to make money first, then design something. Yeah. Very different. You're right. I just want to take a moment to tell you about DreamHost. DreamHost.com is the award-winning web hosting service rated by PC Magazine. With their current rates and positive reviews, I couldn't think of a better company to recommend. You can get $10 off a one-year hosting plan or $25 off a two-year hosting plan when you use the promo code Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N. DreamHost.com, PC's Magazine, best web hosting service. And that's the problem. A lot of people, they have, they call, uh, call it like blind passion. You know, they're so passionate about something, but they haven't tested the market. They haven't seen if there's a need for it, if people will buy it. And, you know, they're, they're, they love it so much. They're so invested in it. And so like they got the blinders on it. They're going through this tunnel and, and they believe that it's going to be you know, a huge success. But, you know, they don't have no evidence that will uh, that will you know lead someone to believe that there is a market, there is a likelihood of a person have having a, a success with that type of business. Uh, kind of shifting a bit, but I think one fear people have is as far as kind of the long term. You know, if if they're going to you know if they're going to you know obviously be uh, self sufficient. And you talked about the stock market and how you, you basically recommend against it. I'm with you. I, I know a lot of people get involved in the stock market. And honestly, I like to um, invest in things that are predictable, things that are safe, uh, you know, more likely uh, reliable. And with the stock market, it's like you don't know because everything fluctuates. It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. And, and, then you, and then you hear the financial experts on the news say, well, you should get into the stock market. It's one of the easiest ways to start investing. And, and really, it's horrible advice because because once a person starts losing money in the stock market, then they think that investing across the board is just too risky. So um, um, 
perhaps perhaps sometimes people they they take out debt to make investments as well so perhaps you can go into as far as maybe is it a good idea maybe is it a good idea for an entrepreneur uh to get debt let's say you got good debt you got bad debt maybe Mm, talk about that a bit Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of good debt. In the occupational conversation, which is led by, you know, Orman and Bach and Ramsey and the financial institutes, you know, all they do is say, don't get in debt, don't get in debt. And the only thing they're doing, and Susie and I've talked about this before, is limiting, like, why not go into debt? If I know how to make income on an unlimited upside, why wouldn't I go and leverage somebody else's, you know, so you want to borrow me a hundred grand and I'll pay you, you know, eight, 10%. I'll take your money all day because I can make 40, 50, 60% on it. So why not lend the money, right? Or borrow the money. Mm -hmm. So that's good debt. Why not take on a mortgage? Um, Why pay the whole house off? So I always say to people, if they want to be a three to five year millionaire, they have to leverage good debt Mm -hmm. Um, and good debt. So if you had a hundred thousand dollars, I would want you to buy five different assets with a hundred grand, 20,000 or 25 or four, you know, 20, $25,000 per asset. So you're diversified, you're in different asset classes, uncorrelated assets and move very differently in the market. The reason why most people won't leverage is because they still have the old fashioned conversation of, well, I shouldn't be in debt. And I say, if you know, and most millionaires and multimillionaires are also carry millions of dollars of good debt, we're leveraging assets, which is so not taught. It's one of the biggest passionate conversations I have is how do you leverage debt? I use money all the time. I'd rather borrow somebody's money at four, five, six percent. They think that's great. I'll go make, like I said, a lot of money on their money mm-hmm. and I'll just hand them back their little interest rate they want. Um, but you know what the problem is, Callan, is the bad debt conversation. You know, I don't agree people should be in bad debt, but the only reason they're in bad debt and they're focused on it is that's what they've been taught. Like that's what they're listening to is don't have debt, rip up your credit cards. Well, you rip up your credit cards, you don't have good credit. That means you can't buy anything properly anyway. I don't know how you function without a credit card in today's world. So all that's nonsense. And the the real answer isn't to reduce your debt. The real answer is learn money. The only reason people have bad credit card debt is because they outlive their ability to make money. So let's solve the right problem. Let's go create a bunch of money and then use your credit card, just pay them off every month. So I'm, I have a very different approach to debt. In fact, one of the gifts that I'm going to give uh, everyone listening, it's on liveoutloud.com forward slash gifts, is an ebook copy free of my Millionaire Maker book. So on the 194th page of that book, I give you my version of a debt plan, which is very different than anybody's ever read before. It's a very, very different process. You will get rid of your bad debt, but it's over time. And you're going to be growing and making money while you're doing it. It's it's very different process than most people have ever had. So I'm giving that to the listeners just to hear a very different way of how to handle debt. I mean, I can promise you, you know, Trump, Trump's gone bankrupt four times. He didn't go bankrupt. His companies did. Exactly. Com- I mean, he, he carries, I don't I mean, it'd be interesting to look at his, his collective balance sheet of all of his companies. He's, he, he probably carries 40, 50, 60 million dollars of good debt yeah. leveraged yeah. against great stuff. I mean, that's what people don't realize. So you can tell I could go on and on and on and teach people about debt because it drives me crazy that people won't move and grow because they're so scared of that word, that four letter word. Hey, this is Callan. So excited to have bring you guests like Aubrey Marcus of On It, Brian Scudamore of 100 Got Junk, and Shai Reshev of University of People, as well as many more. I'm launching a product soon. And I want you to get in on it before everyone else. Why? Well, because you'll reap the biggest benefit while the others miss out. Send me an email at Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N, at reachingthefinishline.com and put in the email subject line, Callen, I am interested. Again, send me an email at Callen, K-A-L-L-E-N, at reachingthefinishline.com 
and put in the email subject line, Callan, I am interested. Uh, Susie Orman or a lot of these um, different personal finance experts is always about, you know, getting out of debt and, you know, paying off all your credit cards and things like that. And I mean, obviously, if a person doesn't want to harness the power of good debt, then, hey, maybe that's good advice. But uh, but at the same time, uh, I think it's ridiculous. It's poverty advice. Yeah, essentially, I get convulsions. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, uh, debt is just uh, two sides of a coin. Obviously, you talked about good debt, talked about bad debt, and uh, thank you for your you know gracious offer as far as the, the freebie. Um, and I definitely recommend uh, people to check that out. Perhaps you can give because you know a lot a lot of entrepreneurs you know. They listen to this show, um, you know, they're, they're probably not uh, into real estate and, and it's a good uh, um, investment vehicle. But maybe you could give an example of how an entrepreneur who is kind of in business, maybe not real estate related, how can they leverage good debt? So your mortgage, for example, a lot of people have, you know, and there's a lot of programs that say, you know, pay your mortgage off in 15 years. Well, for some people, I, I mean, depending on your age and your ability to make money and all that, for some of those, those are great. But for somebody who's actually stable and making money, don't put a lot towards that. I mean, do your base minimums. Um, and you'll read that in my even the, the bad debt plan is start moving towards thinking about creating money versus not having debt. So the whole psychology, like back to the secret, like we talked about in the beginning, how people enter their life and their day and how they think energetically is mostly about avoiding debt versus creating money. It's very different energy. I mean, I wake up, my whole Yes Energy book is about getting up and thinking about creating momentum and creating in your day versus reacting all day to your day. And most people are reactive, running away from energy with money versus leaning into it and creating. So um, like do a proper hard money, like I do a lot of hard money loans. Uh, hard money loans are when I can borrow a business money and a very specific contract and I can earn like my loans. I don't do it from less than 12 percent. Then I have loans as high as 16 percent mm. where people pay me to use my money. And a lot of them are fix it flippers, you know, real estate people who need fast money. And, you know, I get it back within the month um, or I get it back within a few months. So just do some really smart, strategic initial, um, you know, ideas about it. I would say don't do it without, you know, uh, a conversation. One of the things that I'm giving people on that link, the gifts link too, is 30 minutes of free time to discuss their situation with our team. Because depending on where you are, I mean, some people listening are in a much better position than others. And again, my work's very different. I always say meet you where you are. So all of you have different starting points. So there's no, not like what should everybody do to start. Like that question drives me nuts when somebody's financially literate answers it because they shouldn't answer it. I think it's totally irresponsible to say, well, well, you know, just what's one thing all of our listeners could do? Well, the generic thing I'd say is be in action or change your thinking. But those are really pretty sophisticated things. And depending on what you've done to yourself, like some of the listeners are in debt. Some of that you're going to start different than people who have lazy assets, you know, cash sitting around or real estate that's not performing. Um, some of you are stuck entrepreneurs. Some people, you everything you make, you spend, you may expend. You're called the lifestylers. So depending on what you, where you are. Then I answer the question. So I always ask, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I'll say, well, where are you now? And then we begin. It's, I think, totally irresponsible for some of these financial people who wrote books, drive me crazy, who say, here's the first 10 things everybody should do. Well, <laughs> like, that's irresponsible advice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what cracks me up is uh, the authors who write books, but they really know nothing about what they're writing about. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and, and it kind of boggles me how sometimes those books even sell now now what's happening uh as the scope is changing 
is uh, more people are starting to become more astute because obviously the internet has been a good way to kind of uh, to, to, to check check a person's reputation to see uh, if they are what they say who they are. But usually back in you know before even I was born, you know, like the 1960s when someone wrote, wrote a book, you know, it was just initially assumed that a person was authority and knew what the heck they were talking about. I want to kind of give a lot of this conventional advice, and we live in a different age now, and it just doesn't apply anymore. You know, there's different rules now, and people have to adjust with the trends because if they don't, then they simply going to get left behind. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I, I love that you brought that up because I think like one of the things I'm, uh, we're really into right now is equity crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. You know, people have been crowdfunding on Kickstarter and Indiegogo and all those for a long time, but the jobs act, you know, after our grand depression, um, is really, I mean, it's finally in full effect. And I mean, we raised so much money on the internet through equity crowdfunding and through landing pages and websites and webinars. Um, you don't have to run around to all these conventions and raise capital like that. And, you know, and then what's coming to, um, and I say this just because there's so much new stuff in so many, like you said, those kind of old authors, I'm going to call them, they just don't stay current. You know, real estate people don't stay current. Like you can, you can actually do complete real estate transactions. I have completely on the internet. Mm-hmm completely on the net from raising the money to buying the house to flipping. Um, you have some teams in the streets, but it's all done through the internet of the phone. Uh, and most people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to equity crowdfund. And then starting in May, it's called Title Three is coming out, part of the Jobs Act as well, which allows non-accredited people, people who make less than 200000 to actually invest in the kind of stuff that I teach. So for the first time ever, somebody who doesn't make 200000 could buy a, por- a portion of, say, a gas and oil well that I would buy. Right. That, uh, that, right. The, the assets that have only been available really to accredited investors, which means you make as an individual more than 200 or you're worth a million, or as a couple, you make more than 350 or you're worth a million. And I always say it's easier to, to get your income up and make you accredited. That's one of the biggest goals I have for all my students is let's get you accredited as fast as possible. Making 200 grand is not difficult if you actually follow the system. Mm-hmm. So at the, the Jobs Act is going to let somebody who makes, say, 100,000 um, and say they take home 70 invest $7,000, 10% of their income into like a gas and oil well, things that I, a Broadway play, things that I would buy, restaurants, I mean, franchise, things that most, what I say, normal people, common people, like middle-class people can't do. Now, as of May 1, we are going to, I mean, we're leading it. We are, our website, it's already, things ready, because I can't wait to, to just, this is my whole passion is to educate, you know, everybody. And now everybody has access, which is the awesomest thing ever. Yeah, you're an awesome story. I guess I've been a I've been a fan of you, and um, I really resonate with what you're saying. And I hope he, I hope the listeners really get the grasp of it too. Uh, as we talk about, you know, as far as you know, being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, you know, I, obviously we talked about a, a lot, you know, in a previous episode as far as building that and growing that. But also when you think of long term, you know, investments is very important, especially you know, you know, you know everyone's going to get older and approach retirement. And, and you definitely want to make smart and also tr- tr- strategic in investments. And again, last thing you want to do is put it in a stock market. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I guess, you know, certain things for certain people, maybe certain people are more astute and it works for them. You know, that's great. But I think for the average person, that's probably not where you want to start at. Um, oil and gas, uh, as Laurel talked about, that's going to be available in May where people can be able to invest, uh, yeah. you know, or people who make less than $200,000, uh, they can be able to invest in that. You have real estate. Uh, you have taxing certificates. That's something I invest in and where, you know, a person has to pay their property taxes. The government, hey, has to get the money somewhere. They offer it to me, pay me an interest rate. And basically it's it, it, it's, it's a it's a passive, easy way uh, to get better 
interest rates than you get from the bank. The bank gives you like 1% or 1.5%. And uh, typically you have to invest a lot of money to even see some type of interest. So uh, those are many types of ways, but Laurel is definitely uh, the expert uh, when it comes to all that. And I would definitely recommend uh, you all to check out uh, her website, also her gift. So Laurel, if people want to follow you, how would they do that? Uh, how, how can they get in contact with you? And perhaps you can also tell us uh, how they can get those free gifts again. So they can get in touch with us through liveoutloud.com is my website. So liveoutloud.com forward slash gifts, G-I-F-T-S. And there's a free ebook. There's an eight hour program on how to put more cash in your pocket and just start from the, it's more of my beginner program on how to get cash moving towards you. I have a kid's program up there and what else do I, oh, and then I have a free 30 minute, uh, um, you know, scholarship session. I actually think there's a uh, scholarship of two, there's, there's a dollar amount on the website. I think it's about 200 bucks that you can apply towards any of the online programs and the learning. So lots of stuff. And uh, I would say start there. You're going to give me your phone number and your email, and we're going to start staying in touch with people. Um, this next week for the listeners, you know, I do what's called an Ask Laurel. So if you go to asklaurel.com, it's another way just to ask me directly a question. And uh, every few weeks, I come live for about an hour and a half to two hours, and I personally answer the questions. So either liveoutloud.com forward slash gifts, which go there and get a bunch of goodies. And if you just want to ask a question that's very specific um, that you don't want to talk to my team about and you want to ask me, go to asklaurel.com and you can put a whole list of questions in there and then come live to the call and you'll be invited to that. Great. That is awesome. So are are you on social media or probably it's just best from the contact you directly? Oh, no, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, um, and you can follow me either at Live Out Loud or Laurel Langmire. And I have both Facebook pages, Twitter. Um, we're starting a massive YouTube channel because I have, you know, all this content's got to keep living and living. So more and more videos and more and more content is up on our YouTube channel. We're everywhere. Great, great. Amazon, Audible. Awesome. Yep. Laurel, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. Great to meet you. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist as seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.